Section 33, Volume 2 of the Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of A Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2. Section 33. When it was the ninety-first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the infidels saw Luca bin Shamlut fall slain, they buffeted their faces and cried, Alas! and woe worth the day! and called upon the abbots of the monasteries and cried, Where be the crosses? So the religious offered up prayers, and the Christians all drew together against Sharkan and brandishing their scimitars and lances, rushed forward to the attack. Then army met army, and breasts fell under hoof, while spear and sword ruled the day, and forearms and wrists grew weak, and the coursers seemed created without legs. Nor did the herald of war cease calling to fight, till arms were aweary, and day took flight, and night came on with darkness dight. So the two hosts drew apart, whilst every brave staggered like a drunken knave, for that with so much cut and thrust they strave, and the place was choked with the slain, fell where the wounds and the hurt knew not by whom they fell. Then Sharkan joined his brother Sau al-Makan, and the chamberlain, and the wazir Dandan, and said to them, Verily Allah hath opened a door for the infidels to fall. Praised be the Lord of the worlds one and all, replied Sau al-Makan. Let us never cease to praise Allah, for that he hath dispelled trouble from the Arab and the Ajam. Indeed, the folk, generation after generation, shall tell of thy daring do against the accursed Luca, the falsifier of the Evangel, of thy catching the throng spear in mid-flight, and how the enemy of Allah among men thou didst smite, and thy fame shall endure until the end of time. Then said Sharkan, Hark ye, O Grand Chamberlain and Doughty Captain, and he answered, Adsum. Quoth Sharkan, Take with thee the Basir Dandan and twenty thousand horse, and lead them seven parsangs towards the sea and force the march till ye shall have come near the shore, and there remain only two parsangs between thee and the foe. Then ambush ye in the hollows of the ground, till ye hear the tumult of the infidels disembarking from their ships, and the war-cry from every side strike your ear, and ye know that the sabres have begun labour between us and them. And when so ye see our troops falling back, as if defeated, and all the infidels following them, as well those in front as those from the seaward and the tents, do ye still lie in wait for them. But as soon as ye see the standard with the words, There is no God but the God, and Mohammed is God's apostle, on whom be salutation and salvation, then up with the green banner, and do your endeavour, and fall on their rear, and shout, Allah, ho Akbar! Allah is most great. 
and circled round that they may not interpose between the retreating army and the sea. He replied, To hear is to obey, and forthright they agreed upon this matter, and they went forth. Now the chamberlain took with himself the Wazir Dandan and twenty thousand men, even as Sharkan had commanded. As soon as dawned the moon, the troops sprung to horse when they had donned their armor gear and drawn the scimitar and slung their spear. Then the Christians dispread themselves over hill and dale, and the ecclesiasts cried out, and all heads were bared and those in the ships hoisted the cross at their mastheads, and began making for shore from every side, and landed their horses, and get them ready for fight and fray, whilst the sword-blaze glittered bright, and the javelins glanced like livy light on mail-shirt white, and all joined fight, and the grindmill of death whirled round and ground those who fought from horse and the ground heads from bodies flew end tongues mute grew and eye snow vision knew scimitars stray with utmost strain and heads flew over the battle plain gold bladders crave and wrists were shorn in twain steeds splashed in pools of gore and bears were gripped right sore the host of al islam called out saying on the prince of mankind be blessings and peace and to the compassionate glory and praise, which never shall cease for his boons which a increase. And the host of the infidels shouted, Glory to the cross and the belt and the wine-press juice, and the wine-presser and the priests and the monks, and the festival of palms and the metropolitan. Now Sa'u al-Makan and Sharkan held back, and their troops gave way and feigned flight from before the enemy, while the infidel array pressed hard upon them, deeming them in rout, and made ready to foin and hew. Then the many of the Moslems raised their voices, reciting the first verses of the chapter of the cow, whilst the dead were trampled under hoofs of steeds, and the heralds of the Greeks cried out, Who, servants of the Messiah, who, people of the true faith, who followers of the primate, verily divine grace upon you, opes, for see the hosts of al-Islam, like birds with broken wings inclined to elope. So turn ye not to them your backs, but let your swords clave deep in their necks, and hold not your hands from them, else are ye outcasts from the Messiah, Mary's son, who spoke even when a cradled one. Now Aphrodon, king of Constantinople, deemed that the infidels were victorious, knowing not that this was but a clever stratagem of the Moslems, and sent to King Hardub of Rome congratulations on success, adding, Avail us not but the holy merd of the arch-patriarch, whose fragrance exhaled from the bears and moustaches of the slaves of the cross near and far, and I swear by the miracles of the Messiah, and by thy daughter Abrissa, the Nazarene, the Mariolator, and the waters of baptism, that I will not leave upon the earth a single defender of al-Islam, and to the bitter end will I carry out this plan. So the messenger betook himself with the address to the king, Hardub, whilst the infidels called to one another, saying, Take we vengeance wreck for Luca. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say.
When it was the ninety-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the infidels called to one another, saying, Take we vengeance wreck for Luca, while Hardub king of Greece cried aloud, Ho to our revenge for Abrisa. Thereupon King Sau al Makan shouted, Who servants of the requiting king? Smite the children of denial and disobedience with the blanche of sword and the brown of spear. So the Moslems returned to the infidels and plied them with a keen edged scimitar whilst their herald cried aloud, Up and at the foe of the faith, all ye who love the prophet elect with hope of salvation on the day of fear, to win favour of the bountiful, the forgiving one, for verily the garden of paradise is under the shadow of swords. And behold, Sharkan and his men charged down upon the infidels, and cut off their retreat, and wheeled and tornade among the ranks, when, lo, a knight of goodly presence opened a passage through the army, of unbelievers and circled hither and thither amongst the deniers, cutting and thrusting and covering the ground with heads and trunks, so that the faithless feared him and their necks bent under his lung and dew. He was girt with two swords, his glances and his brand, and he was armed with two lances, one of bamboo cane and the other his straight one-like shape, and his flowing hair stood him instead of many warriors, even as saith the poet, Lord not long hair, except it be dispread in twofold locks on day of fight and fray, o'er youth who bears his lance twixt flank and thigh, from many a whist cared knight to win the day. And as singeth another, I say to him what while he slings his sword, for sword shall serve those looks that sword-like show. Says he, my sabre looks for those I love, my sword for those whose sweets of love unknow. When Sharkan saw him, he said to him, I conjure thee by the Koran, and the attributes of the compassionate one, O champion of the champions, tell me who thou art, for verily by the deeds this day thou hast pleased the requiting king, whom one thing distracteth not from other thing in that thou hast been discomforting the children of impiety and the rebellion rebelling. Then cried the cavalier to him, saying, Thou art he who maddest brother covenant with me, but yesterday, how quickly thou hast forgotten me. Thereupon he withdrew his mouth-bale, so that what was hidden of his beauty was disclosed, and, lo, it was none other than Sau al-Makam. Then Sharkan rejoiced in his brother, save that he feared for him the rush of fighting and the crush of braves as smiting, and this for two reasons, the first his tender age of exposure to the evil eye, and the second that his safety was to the kingdom the greater of the two overshadowing wings. So he said to him, O king, thou riskest thy life, so join thy steed to mine, in very sooth I fear for thee from the foe, and better thou stint hazarding thyself forth of these squadrons, that we may shoot at the enemy thine unerring shaft. Quoth Sau al-Makan, 
I desire to even thee in fray, and I will not be niggard of myself before thee in the melee. Then the host of Al-Islam, heaping itself upon the infidels, girt them on all sides, ward on them a right holy war, and break the power of the children of impiety and pride and store. But King Afridan sighed when he saw the evil wreck that had fallen on the Greek, and they turned their backs from fight and addressed themselves to flight, making for the ships when, lo, there came out upon them from the sea-coast another host, led by the minister Dandan, the champion who was wont to make champions bite the dust, and to lay load on them with cut and thrust. Nor less came forth the emir Baram, lord of the provinces of Sham, amid twenty thousand horse stoutly of arm, and the host of Al-Islam pressed them in front and on flank, and wrought them grievous harm. Then a body of the Moslems turned against those who in the ships remained, and perdition on them reigned till they threw themselves into the main, and they slew of them many slain. More than a hundred thousand noblemen, nor was one of their champions great or small, saved from bale and bane. Moreover, they took their ships with all the money and treasure and cargo, save a score of keel, and the Moslems got the loot, whose like was never gotten in bygone years, nor was such cut and thrust ever heard of by men's ears. Now amongst the booty were fifty thousand horses, besides treasure and spoil past reckoning and arithmetic, whereat the Moslems rejoiced with an exceeding joy, for that Allah had given them victory and protection. Such was the case with them, but as regards the fugitive infidels, they soon reached Constantinople, whither the tidings preceded them that King Afridun had prevailed over the Moslems. So quoth the ancient dame Sat al-Dabahi, I know that my son Hardub, king of Rome, is no runagate, and that he feareth not the Islamitic hosts, but will restore the whole world to the Nazarene faith. Then she bade the great king Afridun give command that the city be decorated, and the people held festival high and drank their wines drunkenly, and knew not the decrees of destiny. Now whilst they were in the midst of the rejoicings, behold the raven of jewel and downfall croaked over them, and up came the twenty fugitive ships wherein was the king of Caesarea. So King Afridun, lord of Constantinople, met them on the seashore, and they told him all that had befallen them from the Moslem, and they wept sore and groaned and moaned, and rejoicing at weal was turned into dismay for unheal, and they informed him concerning Luca, son of Shamlut, how calamity had betided him, and how death had shot him with his shaft. Thereat the horrors of Doomday rose upon King Afridun, and he knew that there was no making straight their crook. Then came up from them the sound of weeping and wailing. The city was full of men mourning, and the keepers were keening, and sighs and cries were heard from all sides. And when King Hardub of Greece met King Afridun, he told him the truth of the case, and how the flight of the Moslems was by way of stratagem and deceit, and said to him, Look not to see any of the army, save those who have already reached thee. 
When King Afridun heard these words, he fell down in a fainting fit, with his nose under his feet, and as soon as he revived, he exclaimed, Surely the Messiah was wroth with them, that he caused the Moslems to prevail over them. Then came the arch-patriarch sadly to the king, who said to him, Oh, our father annihilation hath overtaken our army, and the Messiah has punished us. Replied the patriarch, Grieve not, nor feel concerned, for it cannot be but that one of you have sinned against the Messiah, and all have been punished for his offence. But now we will read prayers for you in the churches, that the Mohammedan hosts may be repelled from you. After which the old woman, Sat al-Dabahi, came to Aphrodon and said to him, O king, verily the Moslem hosts are many, and we shall never overcome them save by wile. Wherefore I purpose to work upon them by guile and repair to this army of al-Islam. Haply I may win my wish of their leader and slay their champion, even as I slew his father. If my stratagem succeed in this case, not one of the host he leads shall return to his native land, for all are strong only because of him. But I desire to have some Christian dwellers of Syria, such as go out every month and year to sell their goods, that they may help me, for this they can do in carrying out my plan. Replied the king, be it so whenever thou wilt. So he bade fetch an hundred men, natives of Najran, in Sham, and the king asked them, Have ye not heard what hath befallen the Christians with the Moslems? Yes, answered they, and he rejoined, Know ye that this woman hath devoted her life to the Messiah, and purposeth to go forth with you, disguised as monotheists and mohammedans to work out a device which shall profit us and hinder the moslem from us say then are ye also willing to devote yourselves to the anointed and i will give you a quintal of gold he of you who escapeth shall have the money and him of you who dieth will the messiah reward o king replied they we will devote our lives to the messiah and we will be thy sacrifice thereupon the old woman took all she required of aromatic roots and placed them in water which she boiled over the fire till the black essence of them was extracted she waited till the decoction was cold then dipped the corner of a long kerchief therein and stained her face therewith Moreover, she donned over her clothes a long gabardine with an embroidered border, and took in her hand a rosary, and afterwards went in to the king Aphrodon, who knew her not, nor did any of his companions know her, till she discovered herself to them. And there was none in the assembly but who thanked and praised her for her cunning, and her son rejoiced and said, may the messiah never fail thee thereupon she took with her the syrian christians and set out for the army of baghdad and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say
End of section 33 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2. Read by Lars Rolander.